Traveling the Vortex. We've joined the Doctor as he travels the Vortex and arrive at episode number 397, Temps United. I'm Keith. Temps United. I'm Sean. Temps United. I'm Glenn. How are you guys? United. United. But are we temps? Aren't we kind of the permanent fixtures here? That's we, true. We, we can and well, we've be been temporary time. We've been temporarily doing this podcast for six years. <laughs> you guys do anything fun this week? Don't get too full of yourself, Glenn. That's when they swoop down from management yeah. and get you. <laughs> They'll hire a kiosk to do your job. We, we've now fired, hired a full-time employee. Meet the kiosk. <laughs> Meet Sylvie. <laughs> we sh- shouldn't we have an intern first? I feel like we missed a step. <laughs> this podcast can't afford an intern. And they're free. It's true. <laughs> what did you guys do this week? I started Iron Fist Season Me too. 2. I'm two episodes in. Oh, I got in five episodes. So you're halfway. Yep. Yeah, because there's only ten this time. Yeah. I'm really excited that there's only 10 episodes yeah um <laughs> well i've always thought all the i thought seasons... you were gonna say i'm really enjoying it this i'm really glad there's only 10 episodes oh i am enjoying it well i think i'm enjoying it i don't know the tonal change is throwing me off the storytelling yeah i agree the storytelling i think is a lot better yeah uh the acting is a lot better by especially by what's his name plays danny um it's taking a long time to go anywhere for only <laughs> being 10 episodes but it almost has a by five it kind of picks up it almost doesn't have its own distinct feel enough still like daredevil has its own distinct feel even in season two it, it felt like daredevil jessica jones has its own distinct feel luke cage has its own distinct feel and so far for me this kind of almost feels like jessica jones and the pacing and the way it's yeah the atmosphere and musically it's just kind of quiet a little bit i, I don't know i can see that it just feels subdued and should be its own thing. Instead. I like the uh, lighting cho- choices that they used in this too. Though it's mm. very, I think the look of it's a lot better than the first season. It's a lot less bland looking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> agreed. It's it's vanilla with a little bit of caramel now instead <laughs> of just plain vanilla. <laughs> I also watched uh, a Mighty Wind. <laughs> I, like I didn't that. like it as much as the other ones. I like that movie. I like Best in Show and uh, Waiting for Guffman better. See, I felt Waiting for Guffman and uh, Mighty Wind were better than um, Best, Best in Show. Show yeah. they're, they're different feels for different audiences, obviously. Yeah. A, a theater kid is going to go Waiting for Guffman as the best of the three. Um, as a movie fan, I really like I still need to see you uh, for your consideration. Yeah, I haven't seen that one either. Um, but then uh, Mighty Wind, I think it's fun. I mean, in 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 the same vein as all of them are fun. Yeah, I, I just didn't have as many laughs in it. I think, at least for me, there's a little more bittersweet humor. Yeah, maybe that's it. What'd you do? We had a very full week. Um, we had a birthday celebration for Katrina, the older granddaughter. She turned seven, and uh, so there was a party on Saturday. And uh, Mel couldn't go. She already had. Uh, plans for that day, so then we just decided we were going to take her to Chuck E. Cheese on Sunday. Hmm. And then uh, Mel and I uh, started, we got up to season six of Voyager. We watched Equinox, which, have you guys seen Equinox? No. Wow. (laughs) I had never seen that one before. 
and it's hands down so far the best episode of Voyager I've seen I yet. Agree. It's also the perfect counter argument for why Star Trek Discovery sucks. <laughs> I watched a movie too, but I don't remember what it was now. Anyway, what'd you do? You watch I watched else? some movies. Um, keeping up with the uh, Grown Up Kids podcast, I watched Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea, which I have I had seen before. I have seen a few times before, actually. That's um, a good one. But man, that thing from being released in 1954 so still holds up for today. It's so good. The quality of that movie. Uh, and then watch David Crockett, and, uh, King of the Wild Frontier, which I honestly don't think I'd seen since probably I was in high school, maybe. So it's been more than 20 years since I'd seen that. And then we watched uh, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom. Oh, what'd you think? <laughs> <laughs> it's mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. They they really are just going by the template of first film deals with this second film deals with this i know what third film is going to be now if they decide to <laughs> keep up the tradition but it just i you said it best it turned it goes from being a jurassic park film into just like a scary monster film there's, there's too much focus on the one monster it's not the right kind of monster no. yeah. yeah so um i mean it was okay it was enjoyable it's, it's got some interesting ideas yeah, in it yeah it's fun but I don't know. I didn't need dinosaurs roaming around a large mansion. mansion. It was just... Eh. Um, that was it. That was all I watched this week. All right, what do we got in the news, Keith? Well, some. we're going to start with some sad news. Jacqueline Pierce has passed away. She's best known for, as her as the main villain, Servalan, in Blake 7, but she has been in Doctor Who, both in Big Finish and televised uh, Doctor Who. Uh, I'm trying to come up, pull up her character's name from the two doctors. Cassini. Cassini, yes. Uh, but I most notably remember her as Orli- Orlista. No. How do you say it? Alistra. Alistra. Yeah. Cardinal Alistra from the War Doctor box sets. She's really Who good. Who is really good in it, yeah. She kind of almost steals the show from John Hurt. If it weren't John Hurt, she'd steal the show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know that I go that far, but she's really, really good. And a great foil. Yes. So that's unfortunate. She's kind of an anti anti villain in it or anti hero, I suppose, in, yeah. in the box set, but sometimes a reluctant hero, sometimes uh an adversary. Yeah. I look forward to listening to those. Yeah, they're really good. Yeah. That's too bad that we won't get to have her back in any capacity. That means her and John Hurt now have passed. Yeah. How about some happy news? Sure. We got a release date for series eleven. Yay! Yay. Sunday. We, we finally know how we're going to work the schedule. <laughs> when, when, when is Easter Saturday? Sunday, October. <laughs> it's the last time you're going to use that joke. I'm so glad that's over. <laughs> you're so glad that's over because I was right. <laughs> that's the no, only reason. I, 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 no, because now every time you going use on it, for so long. any new 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 listener comes in is completely lost, and you've alienated audience members. Mm-hmm. That's not. Cool. No, I've dropped a breadcrumb to an Easter egg that they need. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and now they need to go back and listen to all the shows to figure out where that came from. Uh, well, we're done with that joke. Because so. <laughs> it's a Sunday now. If you say Easter Sunday, it's really lost. Yeah, no, I mean, <laughs> it doesn't work. Then. Don't be silly. I can't do that. <laughs> I don't like it. I knew you wouldn't. <laughs> There's nothing you've liked about the first. The ep- uh, we have an episode title. Do you like that? I do like that. The woman who fell to earth. 
I'll like it even more if the entire series is David Bowie rips. <laughs> that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Not only is it airing on Sunday, October 7th, BBC America has confirmed that the first episode will air in the U.S. at the exact same time as it's shown in the U.K. I think this is the first time they've done that since Day of the Doctor. Yeah, so it is. like, what, Simultan. two in the afternoon? Two in the yeah. afternoon, and then we'll get a repeat in primetime. Ooh. Yeah. yeah. Which is really cool. I'm just excited we know now when it's coming back. <laughs> and I I'm sorry. I don't. It, this is a small matter. Probably doesn't matter. But do you happen to have a list there? Australia. Uh, Australia still has not been. Oh, wait. No, it's Canada that hasn't been announced yet. I don't see Australia here. However, I do know they're getting a cinema release. Reese was complaining that with moving it to Sunday and the fact that they're on the other side of the date line, does that mean it's going to be a Monday show or are they going to be held back a week oh, right, right. in order for it to air on yeah. Sunday proper? Yeah. I didn't know if that had specified. That did not. I was just curious. But we got a teaser too. We did get a teaser. teaser. A nice tongue-in-cheek teaser. Well, a 10 second thing. A whole 10 second thing of nothing. It's like the first <laughs> teaser where it's no actual content from the season. Have you seen the? Uh, I meme? didn't like it. Have you seen the meme out there that's going around? What's got David Tennant's tenth uh, Doctor falling from the spaceship, <laughs> going through the glass ceiling, uh-uh. and then landing on the ground, and then Jody walking up and going, "Whoops!" <laughs> I have not seen that. That's pretty good. That's fairly awesome. <laughs> no, I like the the subtle like message the- that's there. I think that's well appropriate and and I like the song in it. I kind of hope that comes back at some point in the show. I thought it was a nice fit for the for the theme of things. I would agree. The apparent theme of things, I should say, because <laughs> who knows with a teaser. Sean didn't like it because it was too clever. It was almost almost too, too clever. Yeah, well, no, it was just too on the nose. <laughs> who knows? It was too clever. I just don't like teasers. If you if you really you want to get impressed by the trailer either. I, well, no, I wasn't. But it, because, <laughs> again, it's it's if you want to impress me, do like a mini sode. Those impress me. Those are always like, ooh, what is going on? Well, all of these things are just random images cut together. I mean, it might as well be a music video the, for all the, the impact. I think it has. Number one, you're going at it the wrong way, and number two, we're guilty of steering it that direction because Keith keeps calling it a teaser. It's not a teaser. It's a. This is a date announcement. A, yeah, yeah that's is. true. A teaser would have been the very first thing that came out. This is a data announcement. That's simply all this is. And the first one technically wasn't a teaser either. It was a character, a, an actor announcement. Well, I meant the one out. There was one in between that and the trailer. Oh, the, yeah. 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 There was an actual teaser that, that came one. out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they just they don't tease me. They just annoy me. I'm gonna, <laughs> Again, I'm going not to call, a teaser. I'm but... going to call them annoyers. <laughs> I think if if you had seen that. With the date announcement before you knew the date, maybe you'd have been a little more impressed just by the fact that the excitement. Oh, oh, there's the date. Yeah, so I, I think that's, kind of that's they the idea. announced the date before yeah. they released the video. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> well, oh yeah, here's it this. Is, it is BBC. So. <laughs> that's that's what she was making reference to. <laughs> that's why it's too meta. Oops, uh, you already know. Two dates. And I think it's cool. It just yeah. generates more excitement for me that we only have to wait a few more weeks. Indeed. BBC is also on, BBC America has announced a 13-day marathon for the, the new series. Yay. 
Again. Because I don't already own all of them on Blu-ray. <laughs> but you can just pop on BBC America all anytime right, right, in right, those 13 right. days. Yes, and if there's any listener It's kind of like there, any marathon they've done leading up to any new season. <laughs> if there's any listener out there who, for whatever reason, has missed a doctor or a chunk of a doctor, avail yourself of this opportunity and go back and watch them. I mean, or if you know somebody who or if you have is Amazon interested Prime, in the just show. Just go watch them on Amazon Prime. Everything's there from the new series, except for... Twice upon a time. Yeah. I was gonna go watch it the other day and I was like You can pay for it. Uh it's just not, not there. On Prime. Yeah, I'm gonna pay for it. If I'm gonna pay for it, I'll buy the Blu-ray. Don't you have that one on Blu-ray? No, I I didn't buy it because I, I bought the box set for season ten. And well, I bought I knew it wasn't on there, but I always I, everything has been in box sets, and so I thought this will be the one where I'll go well, with the exception of Day of the Doctor or no Day of the Doctor. Time of the Doctor. Yeah, Day of the Doctor and Time of the Doctor. Um I'll go out and I'll buy the Blu-ray and then they'll release it on the front end of her uh, series because it was the first episode she was in. And so I thought, well, I guess I could wait and see. I have a feeling it's going to be a standalone Blu-ray. I have a feeling it will be too. Especially since there's they've set a precedent with Day of the Doctor. And, <laughs> and, uh, well, and it's such a... Doctor. Because they rushed to get the season 10 Blu-ray out, I think they normally would have included it on the tail end of... I'm not sure that they would because set. no, I don't think so because uh, Doctor Mysterio was on the front end of it, so they don't they wouldn't typically put two Christmas specials. There's a tenant box set that has two. Which one? The only one I can think would be maybe his well, first the season. <laughs> the special. <laughs> the only t- well, cheating. Uh, the only one I can cheating. think would be his first season series I two. Think, I think Runaway Bride is on season three. Uh, I think you're right. But there is one we've gotten to. We've gotten the two Christmas specials in a Matt Smith run, but it was in the middle of the run. It was on season three? Runaway Bar was on season three? Yep. And four Just because it's the Capaldi. If they hadn't rushed to get season 10 out in time for Christmas, I think they would have included it just because it's Capaldi's final story. But they wanted to get the box set out in time for Christmas. Matt Smith's final story is a standalone. Yeah, but they didn't include. Day of the Doctor in the previous box set, so you kind of yeah, can't skip over true. Day of the Doctor. I suppose that's true. Or, and this is probably the most likely would explanation. Been, what would have been cooler is if they would released those in a box set with an adventure in time and space yes. and Night of the Doctor because that was, or not Night of the Doctor, yeah, Night well, of the Doctor. And the Five-ish And the Five-ish Doctor, the five-ish doctor uh, reboot because... That's what they did in the UK, but they didn't do that in the United States. Yeah. I was wait. That was why I took so long buying those DVDs because I thought, <laughs> or those Blu-rays because I thought, oh, I'll just buy them when they release it here in the states. And they never did. They totally missed a trick. I think yeah, what is probably more likely is that they released Day of the Doctor and Time Time separately, and then got a taste for the oh, people will pay for individual episodes, huh? Well, they got okay. they got a taste of breaking up the season early. I think that's I mean they oh, yeah. part one and part two that. Oh, and then they went back and did that for every season. Yeah, that's what <laughs> I'm saying is they they realized that that was a thing. That Some bean counters going well. You know, technically the Christmas special isn't part of the season. It is a special. So, <laughs> but then they also went and released what Dark Water, Death in Heaven as its own standalone, and Deep Breath as its own standalone. That's Blu-ray. just being greedy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I'm I'm hoping that that kind of backfired kind of, on them, and they they didn't. kind of pared back on that because yeah. there wasn't any for season. I'm 10. kind of hoping they did that back, backfired part one and two, but that was it. 
Actually, that may not have been greed. That may have been trying to inflate the... Because there was a little bit of a, a, a ratings drop. Not a huge ratings drop like some people. Oh my God, the show's dying. But there was a ratings drop going from Matt Smith to Capaldi. So maybe that was their attempt yeah. to kind of artificially prop I that up. Some. That or I think they were counting... I, this goes back to greed, though. I think they were counting those instant gratification people. And I think there were a lot of those that had you know, expendable in, in, income. Pretty quickly. But I just think that people have kind of learned that they can wait a bit now. So Well, and plus... When you can get it for the instant gratification, you can get it streaming yeah, you and pay for it on instead of buying it on Blu-ray. Then those people aren't going to go buy the Blu-rays anyways. They're just going to get the streaming because they right. don't have to wait to go to the store. Well, and now that we have, it's on Amazon Prime, it's on Hulu, it's on this, it's on, I mean, with all of the different, it's on BritBox or, you know, whatever it is. It's not BritBox. It's not BritBox. It's but not on I mean, BritBox. <laughs> well, classic is. But, with, with, yeah. with all of the different delivery options for getting it digitally, is that impacting sales numbers as well oh i'm sure it does in fact i'm pretty sure that impacts why we didn't get or we're not going to get a blu-ray version of shada here either so you think they canceled it all together blu-ray they mm-hmm. never they never was it only dvd yeah, there's never been a release oh, I for it was a blu-ray for no here. there's a region free you could buy right. that's already out but they've not planned for a blu-ray the only oh. pre-sales right now are dvd hmm. i didn't realize that maybe they'll just include it with the season whatever Tom said. <laughs> they might end up doing that. But again, that's going to be years down the road. So. Yeah. Although at the rate that they're releasing a Peter Davison series right after on the heels of Tom Baker, that's encouraging that maybe they'll go to two or three a year. So we'll see. Who knows? Who knows? Is that it for uh, news? One other little bit of news. Oh. The 13th Doctor joins the world of Roger Hargraves as Doctor 13th. So they're doing a nice hardcover edition, special edition for the 13th Doctor. And then there's going to be a paperback so you can match it with all the other That wasn't on the list earlier, Keith. You just no, I stuck it in. on there. <laughs> just throwing me off. I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course, so you I looked at the picture and it threw me at first until I went and looked at the other art, and then I was okay with it. <laughs> That's what happened to me, too, honestly. <laughs> when, I, when I saw it in the where's her coat? Was, She's naked. I was like, oh, wait, no, all of them don't they have clothes. Are, yeah. <laughs> what is the, oh, with the exception yeah. of Peter of Pertwee's cape? That's the one, and the scarf. That's right. the two items of clothing anyone right. ever has. Pretty cool. On for, the bright side, for those people that collect that. I, I don't have to it. look at those. That's ugly the last one I'm missing. What? I'm on the bright side. I don't have to look at those ugly culottes. That's true. See, that's Sean will like that. Version. That's not true because they're not ugly. So <laughs> he doesn't have to look at the culottes. <laughs> there you go. They're, that's that's the statement. They're too short. <laughs> All right, they're well, short. So short they disappeared. Don't forget. <laughs> don't forget. You can. Subscribe and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, uh, the Google Play Store. We're also available on Stitcher, Player FM. And you can listen to us on TuneIn. And if you have a uh, Sylvie, I mean Amazon Alexa device, <laughs> you can ask Alexa to play Traveling the Vortex on TuneIn. Oh, nice. really? Yeah. All right. Well, is there any feedback this week, Keith? There is no feedback. Oh. Well, people might want to know how to contact us. So you can go to our website, travelingthevortex.com, and fill out the Send Us Feedback tab or uh, reach out to us on any form of social media. Cool. Let's do some reviews. What are we doing first, guys? Dr. Order. <laughs> Technophobia. 
Technophobia. I'm going companion order at this point. Okay, that works. Yeah. It's chronological still. Right. When I'll buy the, that. When the Doctor and Donna visit London's Technology Museum for a glimpse into the future, things don't go to plan. The most brilliant IT brain in the country can't use her computer. More worryingly, the exhibits are attacking the visitors. While outside, people seem to be losing control of the technology that runs their lives. Is it all down to simple human stupidity or is something more sinister going on? Beneath the streets, the cognoscenti are waiting for all of London to pray f- fall prey to technophobia. Bum, bum, bum. That is not how I would have spelled cognoscenti. <laughs> K-O-G-G-N-O-S-S-E-N-T-I. Which I thought it, they were making a play on words on cognizant. So I, I, that's the way I they would pronounced never have it. spelled it that way <laughs> yeah. either. So. Um, I liked this story. And the, the interesting thing is I listened to this a couple years back when it came out. As did And I. loved it. I thought it was great. It was a lot of fun. Um, felt very Tenth Doctor and Donna. But I thought, I wonder if part of that had to do with the fact that this was the first Tenth Doctor and Donna story in new media or in different, you know, or returning to media. And I thought, you know, aside from print media, but like audio or video media. And I kind of wondered if maybe that was going to maybe taint my expectations of it, make me more excited. So going back this time, I thought, well, this would be a good experiment. Listening to it again, I I enjoyed it just as much. I did too. But for the reason that it is again, 10th doctor and Donna and, it, they don't miss a beat. They pick right up where they left off. And then neither one of them sound any different. Of course, neither one of them are very much older than they were when they were portraying these characters anyway. But their chemistry, and I think that it was they were right to start with uh, Catherine Tate and, and uh, David Tennant because they have such a rapport together and they have such chemistry and they're good friends and they, they play off of each other very well. And so I think that works really well. Also, the other thing that I like about this story is it's a simple story. We don't say they don't they don't go. Oh, we got David Tennant, so we've got to write a really big, bang up, complex, complex, mind blowing story. No, they they said, what would the Tenth Doctor and Donna do in an episode of of Doctor Who in you know two thousand seven, two thousand eight, and they write it that way, and it feels like it could just be plopped right down in the middle of series four and i i love that about it it was a lot of fun now that's not to say that i wouldn't want to see them later do or even in the next couple have a more complex story with them at some point and i'm tipping my hand but one of them does get a little more complex but i think it's it was a nice work into that and and i think that that's what i enjoyed most about this is they didn't set the bar too high for this first story I'm not saying it's it's a low bar set because they it's a good story it's 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 not complicated but it's interesting it's fun there's a lot of neat things going on here it feels like it squarely fits within the era I mean it feels like it could easily slip in the fourth season no problem and it like you said they don't miss a beat and it's just it's this style of storytelling that people love so much from David Tennant's run and that they were smart to go that direction you got to start with what's familiar before you can do something bold and different and more complex when it started and first of all cutscene okay or cold open whatever those are called and then new theme music and it was just like oh you guys know me yeah all right cool and then david Tennant and Catherine tate 
And the wave of nostalgia was like a warm blanket. It was just like, oh, old friends, yay, <laughs> I don't care, this is going to be awesome. And it was. It was so very much in that period of the, 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 the uh, Tenth Doctor and Donna. And then the story unfolded, and it, it kind of did its thing. And you're right, it's a very simple little story. But a clever idea, I think. It's a clever idea. But I, I, I think this is one of those that... It's all nostalgia for me. I, I, I think this is one that is not going to hold up nearly as well on a re-listen. Because I think I will start to pull up those threads that maybe the nostalgia is keeping me from... Just because, oh, I'm happy to have the Tenth Doctor and Donna back together for more stuff. And the fact that it is kind of a simplized story is, you know, and again, not that that's bad. You're absolutely right. Everything you said about easing people into it and, and, and you know, we're going to gear up to something bigger later. But right now we just want to, and there's nothing wrong with the occasional, nothing really happens in this one. In fact, I don't even think anybody dies, do they? Yeah. No. The one guy oh, in the elevator. Well, but we don't know oh, if he yeah. died, died, because he says he um, just shut down. He was like comatose. They never readdressed really it to see if he yeah, I don't Snapped think back he did. after they shut the machine yeah, off. I but got the I mean, Jill that he was, was dead. her name. Jill came back from. Of course, she wasn't quite as far, and the doctor was saying, "Stay with me." So, you know, he was. He kept goading her on to to stay. Right. So yeah. maybe he did die. But uh, I got the impression that the one chick checked her his pulse. Oh, maybe she did. And, I just missed uh, it. And he, so he didn't even go try. Maybe that's why the doctor was like, "No more." Yeah. This is, yeah. You know, yeah. That yeah, could be it. Yeah. Okay, so we, we have a Doctor Who story with a very low body count. <laughs> well, yeah, regardless. <laughs> yeah. And um, it, it's... Well, no, because all of the... What are they called? Cogs- Cognoscenti? We don't, we don't count them. Gone. <laughs> and, and, and Every a, one of them on that ship. And a gone. very... We don't know how many there were. So. A very simple resolution to the problem. We're going to reverse the polarity and turn the machine back on you. Oh, who didn't see that coming? Oh. I mean, it was really telegraphed. That's what but, the Tenth Doctor does best. But, but again, yeah. And what I found really interesting was there were so many retrodden steps, and I don't mean this in a bad way, but really reaching for that period time feel of being able to drop this episode in at any point in time in that season. There were even a couple of Tenet is spouting dialogue at 90 miles an hour, and the music score behind him is too loud, and I can't make it out. <laughs> There were even a couple of those moments in the story. And I was just like, this, I'm, I'm home. This is, no. <laughs> Doctor Who's back on. I'm just in the other room making tea instead of sitting in front of the TV. Well, if that was purposeful, then somebody else must have recognized it. <laughs> the score was too loud during time. I don't think so. I've I never, never noticed that ever been time. drowned out by the I think background. it was almost too clever. <laughs> no, it's, it, it's just a... Um, it's a pretty straightforward little tale. I mean, the the, the I, I I like the idea of the cognoscenti that they're oh yeah we're invading your planet, but why bring a bunch of war machines when we can just make you stupid? Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's yeah. that's kind of a cool nutty Doctor Who idea. Well, and I like that it has a, a bit of a statement on you know the new tech and how everybody is so tech wrapped up, which it, almost feels obsolete at this point. One thing I did consider <laughs> though, it does almost. One thing I did consider, that, though, is that Keith and I probably would go dumber faster than you <laughs> because I got the impression that if you had a lower aptitude for technology, 
that you the process was slower. So Sean, Donna made it almost to the way, almost <laughs> to the end. <laughs> be, mm-hmm. be glad to know that Keith and I would go dumb far along. And the one guy didn't have any issues at there, all. Yeah. So. There is one benefit to being technical Neanderthal. That's so. right. <laughs> I will be driving trains into, <laughs> into the headquarters to save everybody, which in and of itself is a rather frightening prospect. Um, if anybody here could do it, you could. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to choose to take that as a compliment. <laughs> I'm not going to say I've never wrecked a train before, but <laughs> no, it just, it, you know, it plays out. It does its thing and it's done. I was like, okay, cool. I really want to listen to the next one now because it's like... And that's what this should do is make you want to listen to more. Yeah. Of all things, that's what this one definitely does. Now, I don't think they're going to have any problem selling no, no, I don't think so either. Doctor Audio. And it was a box set. So yeah. You don't really have a choice. Yeah. Well, well I mean, true. you don't have to listen. But well, you, I think you, you could, bought it all. You can buy them individually Could you, you download them, them digitally. Yeah. yeah. So. Well, and okay. that... And imagine if I were a big finish... I would want an initial story to ease those who haven't listened to audio stories before into it. Yeah, because you're going to have a lot of fans because of it's the Tenth Doctor. Doctor jumping yeah. on for Big Finish and learning what it's about because it's the Tenth Doctor. And so you're smart to do a simpler story to get in, them into it and used to doing it so they can then later handle the more complex stories. Mm-hmm. It's Rogue One. <laughs> kind of. I just okay, we're going to do standalone Star Wars stories. Oh, okay, cool. What are we going to start with? Something you're very familiar with, yeah. Because we want we want to keep coming. Back. Okay. Yeah, and again, I'm, I'm not saying that there's anything wrong with that. Well, the good news is the second one was not solo, so. <laughs> <laughs> but I liked solo. I did too. So maybe that is a bad comparison because <laughs> I like the second story in this set. So, <laughs> so here's an interesting fact. Originally, the story was intended to be about sleep deprivation. However, Big Finish sent the script over to Cardiff and learned about sleep no more. Oh. (laughs) I bet this would have been much better than sleep no more. Much better than sleep no more. (laughs) Yeah, well. I thought that was interesting. Oh, now I'm angry. <laughs> well, but I'm actually I'm, I'm like kind of glad like the because I, I, I like the technology aspect of it too. I think maybe this might have been one of those situations where it worked, they, out, better. It worked out for the better. Yeah, know? probably. So we can thank Mark. Except Gatiss. we still got the one sleep thing no more. we can thank Mark Gatiss for doing with Sleep No More was pushing this over to be <laughs> probably a better story. <laughs> well, we know it was a better story than Sleep No More, but right. improving upon itself anyway. So. <laughs> Very good. Well, Sean, are you excited to hear more than uh, Tenth Doctor audios? I am. You're always excited to hear any any new no, Doctor I, Who I, audios. I, I, I'm, I'm more I'm excited to hear more audios. I'm excited to hear more Catherine Tate. I'm excited to hear more David. Like I said, it was. I, it's it's one of those strange things that for for as popular a Doctor as he is and was, any time they did something extra. It didn't matter to me that it was extra. It was like, ooh, there's more Tenth Doctors. And, and, you know, you guys know me. I love Tenant, but he's not my doctor. He's just a doctor. And I kind of like to think that I feel that way about any of them, unless it's a teaser. And um, <laughs> so, you know, do I want to hear more? Yeah, yeah, I totally want to hear more. But that also comes from the fact that I really, 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 really love Donna Noble. 
and that I think of that time frame, she's probably my favorite companion. And then having met Catherine Tate adds an extra level of, mm-hmm. of cool factor on it. So that, that, that big, fuzzy nostalgia blanket's just getting all kinds of bigger and <laughs> drowning out the sound of a mediocre story. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think they did right in their portrayal of Donna, of where they placed her. It wasn't so close to the beginning that she was kind of almost the runaway bride, Donna. She was kind of a bit more of the middle of the season feel to her mm-hmm. well yeah but you, I because think partners <coughs> in crime i think is maybe maybe where you're more landing on because well, she yeah. definitely wasn't she she had already evolved as a character she, she grown between yeah. runaway bride and, and partners in crime but so right. but i think you're meaning but somewhere yeah, between, yeah. between those two yeah. she's further she's way far further away from runaway bride than right end know. of time it would yes. be really interesting for Later, Donna Noble to meet Runaway or Bride Donna Noble. Journey's in. Journey's in. Sorry. I would be really curious to see the fireworks from that one. Because I, <laughs> I, I think modern Donna Noble would be like, oh my God, was I really like that? And then it would be going, yes. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you were. I still want uh, Lucy Miller to meet Donna Noble. <laughs> I think that would be great. <laughs> Uh, well, maybe. <laughs> I think Donna Noble would really like the Eighth Doctor. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when you say really like the Eighth mm-hmm. Doctor. <laughs> yes, that's what I mean. <laughs> Probably, too. Yeah, that's certainly true. The, the, the through line of the joke. Are you two? Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> nice continuation from the Nice series. continuation of that. Several times throughout that. And them the, the both struggling to... to step over that elephant in the room. It's like, no. Well, no. <laughs> what right. fun moments. Anything else to say about technophobia? Let's move on to the comic books. We're going to finish out year three of the Tenth Doctor's era. Facing Fates, volume three, Second Chances. The Vortex Butterflies trilogy reaches its game-changing conclusion with devastating consequences for Gabby, Cindy, and the Doctor. Will they all make it out in one piece, or will the fate of these beloved companions be changed forever? Is it devastating consequences, or is it really just kind of a devastating potential of a situation? I mean, I didn't feel that there were any consequences by the time they wrapped this thing up, but... I suppose it... Only from... uh, It's it's, uh, from a certain point of view, because as far as the Doctor and... Cindy and everyone on the TARDIS is aware Gabby's gone forever. Only we as readers and future Doctor know that she's rescued. Oh, I suppose that's true, yeah. So yeah, when you think okay. of it from that perspective... So, yeah, I yeah. would agree then with that, yeah. Although, don't you suppose that... I imagine they're going to reunite Doctor at some The Doctor must point. have known that she... Must have had that potential that she wasn't dead because... Don't you get the impression that the uh, 12th Doctor was waiting for her? Which we finally get the <laughs> resolution to that, or the, the lead up to that resolution. <laughs> the that lead we got, up yeah. to the back half of the beginning. Yeah, the back half <laughs> of the beginning. Don't you, wasn't the 12, don't I remember that right? 12 was almost like he was waiting there for Yeah, her. there was a line of dialogue so, that was about, something yeah. about, I've always left the door open so for you. It makes me wonder if 10 didn't think maybe the worst had well, happened. So... Be, so. We don't see their reaction to losing her. 
Right, which I, I was grateful for. So we don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Long story short. So here's a funny story. I was really confused when I made the joke, Dr. Order, as I wasn't joking because I read the 11th Doctor comics for this week and not the 10th. And you said you're going in companion order. And I went... Oh, wait a minute. You didn't even read these? Well, yeah, that, that I suppose is, that also works. And then I got that tickle in the back of my brain going, oh, you did the wrong homework, didn't you? <laughs> oh, you so, got ahead of yourself. Yeah, I got ahead of myself. So, so no, I, I didn't read. Oh. I, I, I just tonight when we sat down and got oh, into the podcast no. realized that I'd read the wrong ones. Oh, yeah, you're, you read the so, wrong ones. Well, oh, well. Spoilers. That, yeah, well, I... <laughs> Well, have you read a, the uh, the Eleventh uh, Doctor once? No, we, I have not. We could just oh darn! We say, <laughs> I've already read those two, so we can just knock those all out this week. I haven't got to those two yet. Well, Keith and I, by all means, continue. I'll sit here and listen. Keith and I wax poetic about this uh, finale to series uh, or season or year three of the comics. Um, I, I like the fact that they. There could be a lot of spoilers here. I'm sorry. Oh, that's, that's, that's fine. <laughs> uh, I like the fact that they brought brought Cleo back. Yes. Uh, and that she summons them to Earth because of some cataclysmic event that's going to happen. Um, the the Time Sentinels, which that's been a through part since quite a bit of the year, but they're I think they're more realized here. I don't know what to think of them because I don't know what there's, to think of them either. It, it's it's a convenient villain created because there's a void left after Gallifrey's been time-locked. And so they they are there mopping up loose time streams and correcting things that are wrong or, or you know, fixing the tying up the loose ends. And it, it seems to me that I get the impression that they were placed as a fail-safe for the Time Lords but they're kind of doing this of their own version. Obviously, time or uh, Sentinel Red is doing <coughs> right. This He's gone zone. rogue. Yeah. but it just I, are they part of the Shadow Proclamation or is it? Is that no, they, they give they they drop a lot of Time Lord technology references. So yeah. I get the impression that they were left by the Time Lords. I don't know that they were left. Yeah, well, yes, I suppose that's certainly true too. But I don't think it was even like they intentionally put them into service. But it seems to me that they were a failsafe if anything were to happen to Gallifrey. Yeah, that kind yeah. of impression okay. comes. Either that or they were... It's not very clear what no, they it's were. Not. That's and the that's, problem. That's a problem. The now, only other thing I can think of is the fact that maybe they're there to do the menial aspect of things. And they were tidying up time. And they and were because, elevated to a higher status because of the fact that, that Gallifrey... Yes. Okay. Because I, even, even in the end days... I, I refuse to believe that Rassilon <laughs> believed that they would be defeated. He, he's, he's Grand Moff Tarkin, evacuate in our moment of triumph. There's no way he would have put a contingency plan in place to keep mopping things up if Gallifrey fell. He was willing to end the universe. Well, but you also, <laughs> right, you also have to remember, though, that Rassilon was out of the picture for a while because they resurrected, resurrected Rassilon for the Time War. So right. these could have been in place in the, in the times between. One of the other uh, Time Lord presidents could have set this system up. So. Right. Well, that's what I'm saying. Is I, I, I believe that they probably were already in place in fact, taking care of things. I think it was that, that did it. There you go. <laughs> or Flavia. 
Or Flavia. The, 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 Actually, the, Flavia makes more sense. Yeah. The, the, these She's were, a woman. She's got to be smart. <laughs> <laughs> this was an entity, an organization that was put up, and, and look at me trying to explain it, and I haven't read it, that was, <laughs> that was set up because the CIA couldn't be bothered to fix things. They were too busy breaking things. Yeah. Or maybe they were a tool of the CIA, and then because the CIA is does, in the time lock as well, these sort of took over a bigger, a bigger purpose or a bigger... Yeah. It was like Jack and Torchwood. Once they lost one, they were like, I guess it's us now. Yeah, yeah, pretty (laughs) much. Right, right. Um, That being said, that's what I don't like about the Time Sentinels because they feel like a manufactured uh, device to fill the void. Yeah. And I don't like that. On the other hand, I like them because this is very much classic Doctor Who device to have these, you know... uh, mechanical beings that that are are in control of tidying up the time stream even down to their look when they're not shape-shifted to me, it really feels like big finish classic yeah doctor yeah does. yeah it uh, feels like something that big finish would do but i could I mean, you, you could even translate you couldn't translate this story to television no but you no. could translate the time sentinel sentinels to television um, yeah. It would fall in that realm of of kind of esoteric the the Eternals and thing, that kind of thing. You know, just, you have to kind of stretch your imagination a little bit. But the 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 design of them is like totally <laughs> so basic. Hey, we could do this. <laughs> so that I kind of like, even down to the the one. What did they call the 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 big one that uh, kind of controls them all? Oh, what was its name? Uh, the big yellow one with all the orbs. Yeah, around. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Anyway, the um, one. Yeah, uh, even down to that, I think they could have done that. And it, so it, it a little it harkens back to a little bit of nostalgia and being this story of just that element of it going. Well, this feels very classic Doctor Who here. So I kind of gave up the fact that I didn't like the Time Sentinels of the past because they got that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cindy and uh, the Doctor leaving at the beginning, I was a little. Even though they were just off to run an errand to get a P apart, I kind of felt after all that we had just gone through with Cindy and her future self right. and having to close off that uh, reality from happening and bringing Cindy to, you know, train to use her powers, I think them sneaking off to me was a little unsettling. I think that had they gone to Cindy, or not Cindy, uh, to uh, Gabby. Gabby and said, we're going to pop off real quick. We'll be right back. That still maybe wouldn't have gone down with Gabby very right. well, but it just felt disingenuous to disingenuous to go to, to pop off somewhere else because yeah, they, they're going to get distracted <laughs> anytime <laughs> they leave. They're going to get distracted. Yeah, and they do. And, uh, yeah. So I just, I felt that that was a little out of character or maybe a little unsettling, not really out of character. Yeah. Not out of character at all. I was really disappointed that Nubis' love interest didn't wind up being an actual thing. I thought so, too. That was such a cool idea. On the other hand... And a great way to write that character off. Yeah, well, that's just (laughs) What else are you going to do with I'm very 50-50 on this whole story arc because that was another thing. I I thought the same thing. I thought, oh, that just felt kind of like a, oh, we don't know what to do with this character, so let's write her off. On the other hand, I was taken completely by surprise by that. Yeah. Because I didn't even suspect when she was saying she was telling Anubis, "Oh, you don't really have these friends; they're imaginary." That she was baiting 
him into bringing them to him. And so I kind of, that surprised me. I was like, oh, wow. Okay, so that's different. So again, that was another little, what I took away from that was, okay, that surprised me. So that worked for me. But yeah, I kind of was it's, sad about it. I've got to give them a big props for the intricacy of weaving all of these stories together into one. Because the fact that they laid down the... Oh, yeah, bringing the, it all full circle. Yeah, and, and how they all intertwined everything together to come together at the end. I just don't know if I really liked how it, how it happened. It doesn't really... Even though the time Sentinel threat is over, it doesn't really... Maybe because of the cliffhanger ending, it doesn't really feel like the story is resolved. Well, the Red TARDIS, in my opinion, even though Gabby sort of, well, presumably sacrifices herself for the big climactic ending. The Red Tardis still doesn't feel like it's out of the picture. No. Which I'm okay with creating an ending like that so that you can bring something like that back. But on the other hand, I've really... The, kind of the, Red the, Red Tardis. Tardis, yeah, the Red Tardis has been my least exciting thing about this year. And I'm yeah, I'm like you. I'm kind of done with it now, so I don't. I'm, know. I'm ready for the story. I'm not ready for the companions to be gone, but I'm ready for the story arc to be yeah, fully done. I, and I would it agree. It doesn't feel like it is. I and and oh, and uh, exploring Cindy and uh, Cleo's relationship. Yeah, wow. and addressing the fact yes. that Cindy actually loves Gabby and not in a friendship way. Right, exactly. That's She'd never be able to right have there. this the relationship that she wants. With. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was an interesting twist. Uh, the, the the greatest thing of all about this story, though, was the Gabby having that inner dialogue about the doctor and traveling with him and, and you know, having a companion. He needs somebody there and showing us the faces of past companions. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. And Frobisher. <laughs> and Charlie. <laughs> yeah, Charlie, too. I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> We're I kind just of gonna, expected Frobisher. We're going to take all of it. Because, you did? You know, well, well, it's, it's comics. comics but, yeah, yeah, I was kind of surprised to see Charlie, though. Well. And I I had such an eye roll when it was Billy Piper that showed up. I My didn't. eyes rolled. I thought my eyes were going to roll out of my head. See, I didn't have a problem with it because she shows up as, <laughs> as Bad Wolf. And, Bad Wolf, and it's, it's almost, a, they, they take this as almost a preceding of day of the doctor yeah they do. of how she's always been watching over him even even before the event that locked off gallifrey and yeah. so i, I kind of liked the message that was there yeah I, I, as soon as i saw her i was like oh yeah sean and, and uh, keith are gonna hate this but i liked it i, 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 was, I was glad she was at least the bad wolf character instead right, of rose right. but it was like oh really you couldn't come up with somebody else to do this yeah. with and, and they never dropped the rose line so i thought that yeah out. which was nice i don't think it would have had the connection though it, you couldn't have done it with anybody else i mean i know <laughs> there's no connection between her and gabby though other than no no but the there's the ability. connection to the doctor you had to have somebody monumental in the doctor's life and i think having the interface be that i think you with rose's face i think that's what makes it kind of pulls it up into a nice little moment <laughs> excuse the pun uh for the story at the end so no i i liked that i thought it was fine 
So let's get to the chase. I've been postulating since issue one that there is some greater force at work with Gabby and the art and and then all of a sudden the superpowers and the butterflies. Do we get that resolved at least before she disappears or not? Um, not no, she's just learning to really. control her powers. She's come back to the gal where she was, where the two uh, robotic servant things that, that went crazy, the artists and... That's what ended up imbuing her with the powers. They've come back to her in order for her to learn how to control her powers now. So they brought that nicely back around, but no, they didn't. They so didn't. there's at least one more year worth of stories than that are planned, I would think. Well, no, I, because <laughs> oh, I, well, no, because I don't think I think that was something that you. I don't think they're going to take these vortex yeah. butterflies away from Gabby. Yeah, I think, I think you, it's just something she's going to. I think you, have. you kind of right. fabricated the art music thing to a point that you felt like they were going somewhere with it, and I I think the last two stories have backed off of that, and so I've changed my mind that they that wasn't they weren't going down that path i agree but for for a series that over three years has brought anubis and cleo and and all these different characters back repeatedly we keep bumping into these same set of characters in different stories within the confines of this run i i don't think it's dropped yet i I, I don't know i think they're bringing them back because they want to keep you them on the forefront of your mind especially since they were going to wrap this series up the way they did or this these three years up the way they did so maybe not um so but just, because they they explained that the butter, vortex butterflies are basically what Bach transfer computation yeah so that's she has that power it's mathematics it doesn't have anything to do with art so i yeah it's i don't think they're going that direction i don't think they've left anything open there that i may be wrong but we may be coming back next year if we read year four <laughs> but uh yeah i don't think they're going anywhere through that okay so the moment does say the sentinels and the red tardis are gone oh she that's right she does say so that. The, if you believe her you saved aramuko yeah why wouldn't you believe her? She's I like the that they, I like that they kept calling the uh, the tear between the uh, dimensions the maw. I love yeah, that term. That's a great <laughs> term. <laughs> the maw. It's another one of those great Gallifreyan weapon names. Yeah, that would have been good. Um, overall, I thought it was a, a nice wrap up. Um, I I'm ready to be done with all of this though and move on to something completely new and... see i would like to see more uh i would like to see 12 and gabby together i think their well, companion dynamic would be very interesting i hope that's see. what they're setting up i think because the 12th doctor for the most part had been companionless companionless with the exception of they obviously brought they bill finally brought bill there, in yeah, yeah. And there to the at the end but i kind of wonder if year four is a way to give Gabby a continuing story, but with a different doctor. And because of all of these books that are running month to month, this has felt like the most crowded. Now we did have a quite a crowded TARDIS there with 11 when we had in year uh, two. Yeah. With uh, yeah. Absalom Dak and river song. And yeah. Yeah. But year this three one, has paired that back a lot. Yeah. With and this one we had, we brought back Cleo, but we've always had Cindy and Gabby and it seems Anubis, like we, Anubis Anubis, is coming yeah. gone. So I think this gives them a chance to kind of 
keep maybe Cindy around and explore more relationship of her and the Doctor. Yeah. But bringing Cleo on board and establishing the relationship that they have now with her and between her and Cindy kind of makes you wonder if maybe Cleo stick around for another Yeah, I wonder year. that too. So, I suppose we'll see. I'd be down for that. Yeah, I like Cleo as a character. I was glad they brought her back for sure. Anything else, Keith, that uh, comes I, to your I mind? I still love the fact that the... I don't know what to call it, but it's the original TARDIS effect, or the Vortex effect is still yes. being used for yes. Gabby's powers and stuff. I would agree. I love that. That's about it. All right. Well, Sean, what do we got coming up? Now we'll let you step back in here. What do we, what do we got coming up? On? You're, you're good and ready, though, with the, with the uh, schedule I'm ahead this, for week. this week. You're actually ahead of the game. Um, so uh, this week is uh, what I read. Um, the uh, uh, Titan Comics 11th Doctor Year 3, number 12 and 13. And the 12th Doctor Year 3, 10 through 13. So we're going to catch up on all the Titan comics, and that'll bring us up to date on all of the runs, at least, uh, of the new Doctors uh, that are in play. And then a reminder that the following week is a book review of the new Lethbridge Stewart, The Laughing Gnome, Scary Monsters, which I understand is making its way into people's hot little hands all over uh, the UK and US. And uh, we always encourage you to go to Candy Jar and order a copy if you haven't yet. And uh, I look forward to reading Mr. Simon Forward's work, because I've heard it's a bang-up, knock-up novel. And then we have, I don't know, some epiversary thing coming up beyond that. Is that it? It seemed like there was one other... Oh, and then I think the new show comes back after that. When were we... But the anniversary we were going to do... You don't want to talk about what we're doing for the anniversary? We are going to be Big reviewing something. show? Well, yeah, we're going to be, you know, doing some uh, some fun and games. We're going to play Flux, and we're going to maybe play Clue. I don't know if we've decided on that one for sure. Uh, and uh, the Road to the 13th Doctor comics, numbers one through three. So more Titan on the more schedule. Titan comics. Before but that will lead us right series. into yes. the new series. That's where you were going with it. Right. right. Gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> All right. And if... Uh, you act like there's a new series coming out or something. If people want to uh, support the show financially, what do they do? Well, you can go to our website and click on the Patreon link, and we certainly encourage you to do so. Or you can go to patreon.com backslash traveling the vortex and donate your money that way. And any amount is very much appreciated and welcome, and all amounts go right back into producing this show. Cool. Anything else we need to touch on before we close this one? I don't think so. All right. That's going to do it for this time. Until next time, I'm Glenn. I'm Sean. I'm Keith. Cheers. Good night, everybody. Be seeing you. Thanks for listening. Oh. Apparently we're not so united. Uh, not, we're supposed to all say Tim's ununited. <laughs> I think we're all supposed to say thanks for listening together because we're united. Oh, uh, do the right homework. <laughs> you have been listening to Traveling the Vortex. Doctor Who and all of its associated programs are owned and trademarked by the BBC. No infringement is intended or implied.